In 2010, I started a blog. It was called the Preppy Chic Blog, and I wrote about my life, preppy fashion, weddings, party decor, and other random personal tidbits. I didn't have the best blogging strategy, and honestly, I thought I was already late on the blogging game. Little did I know 2010 wasn't late at all, and in fact, it was only the beginning. Had I had the right strategies, maybe I could have been the next Peak Peonies by Rachel Parcell. Just kidding. I started the blog as a content platform for my wedding planning business, as Pinterest literally didn't exist yet. I was actually one of the first beta testers of Pinterest, fun fact, when it emerged back in 2010-2011. But blogging was really hard for me. I was a perfectionist and I couldn't publish anything until I had checked over it literally a hundred times. I also didn't think of myself as that great of a writer, so blogging and writing, well, that wasn't really my forte. Then in 2012, I decided, hey, why not? Let's launch a second blog. It was called Cupcakes to CrossFit, which was all about paleo, fitness, and wellness. And it was dedicated to my journey going from cupcake eating Stephanie to CrossFit Stephanie. And side note, I don't like working out, so this was a huge deal for me. This blog actually took off as the paleo diet was the newest fad, and so I started trying to monetize it through affiliate marketing. But again, my perfectionism took over and I stopped publishing regularly because my photos I thought weren't pretty. Yes, it was a dumb excuse, but I wasn't a photographer or a food photographer, and so I didn't think my food photos looked recipe and blog worthy. Back then, I had a lot of mental blocks and I suffered from extreme perfectionism and shiny object syndrome. But what blogging did for me was it that it actually ignited this passion about learning about new things. It gave me this creative outlet to explore and express myself in a way that I never did before. And it also opened new doors to meeting new people, just like my guests today. When I decided to revamp my blog and personal brand a few years ago, I started following Elna Kane. Elna is a freelance writer, consultant, and blogger. She's the owner of several blogging sites, including Twins Mommy, where she helps moms make money blogging, and is the mom to some fabulous twins. Elna's pins would pop up everywhere on my feed. How to start a blog, how to monetize a blog, how to increase blog traffic, how to drive traffic using Pinterest, how to be a mompreneur, etc. And so back in 2017, I reached out to her to contribute to one of my roundup blog posts, and she said yes. Flash forward three years later, Elna and I reconnected as speakers at a virtual summit in October, and we chatted all about making a living as a full-time blogger, and if it's really a thing of the past or it's actually still possible. And you know what? Blogging is still thriving and possible. And Elna is here today to share success strategies on how to launch and monetize one in 2021, especially as a mom. If you're looking to start a blog for either a side hustle or a full-time income stream, a way to build credibility in your brand and business, or just as a creative outlet, then listen in today because she shares some juicy tips all about what blogging looks like for 2021. Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. 
So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Hi, and welcome back to Mommy's on a Call. Today, I'm really excited to have Elna Kane on the show. So about three years ago, I literally reached out to her on a whim and asked her to contribute to a blog post that I had that was on successful mompreneurs. And I was doing this roundup blog post and I reached out to her because I had seen her on Pinterest. I saw her everywhere. I was like, twins, mommy, this is really cool. She's like big in this blogging space. And at the time I really was interested in how to maximize Pinterest, how to maximize blogging. And I can't believe that was three years ago. So now I get to actually meet you face to face, even though it's via Zoom. So welcome. Thank you, Stephanie. I know it took us long enough. eh? Exactly. And you were like the inspiration behind me actually reaching out to you, ironically, because I like saw, I think a pin that you put that was like how to increase traffic on your blog, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. maximize your network and this is how you can do it. And so I was like, well, I wonder if she'll respond because, you know, she wrote this post on how to do it. And so I think I have so many of your pins on my boards on like how to be a successful mompreneur, how to start a blog, how to do, how to be a freelancer. I mean, you wear Mm -hmm. all the hats and you do so much. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into this, especially since you started, you said a company when you were on maternity leave. But before we start, I want to ask you, what is your biggest mom win of the week? Of the week? Oh, my mom, like, so mom, not business, right? So this is the mom thing. No, it could be business. It's just, what is your personal win of the week? Well, I'm so glad you asked me that because I was just thinking this morning, when I woke up, I always have to have like in the morning when I wake up something like of a nice thought, like to set me for the day. Like I'm really much in the mindset matter and I have to be in a good space for me to like start my day. So I was thinking about what I did the other day, which I finally used my Instant Pot. <laughs> like I write a, I write a lot of posts on my parenting blog about using the Instant Pot, but I'm always very hesitant to use it like in a traditional manner of cooking a meal. I'll like use it for cooking chicken or just like one little thing, but I actually made like this nice orange chicken dish with rice and and my kids loved it. And I'm like, for me, that's like a huge win. So I'm, I'm happy about that. <laughs> I need to learn how to use my Instapot. Actually, one of my friends just texted the other day and asked, does anyone have an air fryer? And I said, I have an air fryer attachment to my Instapot but I've used neither. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've like so made French fries and yes. I have like Instapot recipe books, but I'm like too afraid to use exactly. it for some reason. It's like I intimidating. Know. I have, I have tons of Pinterest secret boards of all my Instant Pot, like, you know, the, the mom that I want to be, like I aspire to be like that, you know, Instant Pot mom that like has all the meal plan ready. Cause that's where I struggle the most. I mean, as a, as a mom that's struggling a lot right now, like I really struggle with meal planning and having that, plan especially that all my kids and my husband like my twins have very different tastes and so I'm trying to find ideas that everyone will eat because I don't want to waste food especially now with COVID and trying to get groceries nowadays like yeah you're in Canada so it's (laughs) it's even different you guys are real strict up there too (laughs) yes we are like I literally haven't left my house since March like you know we get our groceries through instant carts and we don't even go out. Like we go for little drives and walks around the block, but I haven't really been, I haven't been to a restaurant. I haven't been to any of those, like a grocery store, a library, all those are open, but it's very restrictive. Like 
you only let certain people in, you have a mask and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. So I assume that your kids are then distance learning or do you homeschool? What's your, give us a little bit about your family structure. So the age of your kids and then, yeah, what are you, what are you doing at home? You and your husband. So my twins are seven years old and they're in, in grade two or second grade right now. And we, the school here, they're actually in the Catholic school board. So Ontario has the general education school board and then they have a Catholic school board. So, I mean, it's not like they're run by nuns or anything. It's just, they do Christian living as part of the curriculum, which is really nice. And so they had the option to do distant learning. And so we signed up for that. The kids, my kids love it, actually. They're so independent. Like they use the Google Classroom. And so the teacher posts every morning the agenda. And they're through this whole process, they're learning to actually read without me helping them. They're reading the schedule. They're, they're like typing questions to the teacher. And I'm like, wow, they're amazing. So that's, that's what's happening. So right now they're in the other, in the living room, we just have it set up. I'm in my own office, so I have a separate room for my business, and my husband actually stays home. He works from home as well, and he works in our main bedroom, so that during the day, we're all in our own little areas, and then we sort of congregate at lunchtime. We do like family and stuff, and then they go back to school, and I go back to work until the end of the day. Let's talk about work now. What, tell us what you do right now. Like what's your work situation and what does your husband do? Just so people can get an idea of what your, your day looks like. Yeah. So I'm primarily a blogger, but I also do freelance writing. I really started this journey writing for businesses and that grew to wanting to just share my thoughts for my, my life as a mom of twins online. So I started a blog. I started Twins Mommy. And that's where I shared a lot of my things. So as my, my schedule for today and what I do during the week at this time in my business, I'm doing a lot of like updating courses. I'm creating products, digital products. I also have a small team. I have a VA and some writers. So I have to manage my team, give them tasks to do during the week. And then my husband does a lot of the customer service. So the tech questions I sent to him for my core students and any kind of like backend stuff he handles. So that's sort of how we're running, but it changes every day practically and every month, new goals. Like I'm looking at my, my tasks. I actually put this on Instagram the other day of like my goal for October, because I have these goals I want to get accomplished. And so I'm seeing if I have it up and I can see it every day that I'll actually get this done and it's working for me. So. Wow. So let's flash backwards back to the beginning how did you start this? What got you inspired to start Twins Mommy and build it into the business that it is today? Yes. So I started when my twins were around 15 months old. I figured that like my, my day at that time was manageable, (laughs) you know, because this was my, my, my pregnancy, my only pregnancy that I had are twins. And so I was learning to, you know, be a mom of twins and their and getting their schedules and everything. And so I found that around that time, they were napping consistently every day, like up to three hours a day. And I'm like, wow, this is great. I can get all my stuff done. And, but then I also found that I was bored a lot of the time. Like my husband was down in the basement at this time in a different house because he had to grow his business and work whatever he had to do during the day. And I, I couldn't really disrupt him. So I was in charge of the twins during the day upstairs. I was managing the house and all that, but I was done with my housework. I was done and I really didn't have much to do. So I would just go online and then start reading other blogs and other things. And I was like, wow, 
there is a world out there. And my husband said, well, why don't you just start like doing like VA work or something? I'm like, what, what is that? And so I learned about services online and what you can do. And I found that freelance writing was like a legit thing that other moms were doing online. And so that's when it started my online presence. And after that, about a year after that is when I started Twins Mommy. And I started Twins Mommy because I wanted to write about my, my work at home life. I couldn't really do that with my freelance writing audience. You know, they just wanted help on learning about freelance writing and not about my twins, <laughs> basically. So I'm like, well, let me, let me, I want to, I want to share that story. I just, I felt like I was struggling at times managing my time. I wanted to share how I was managing my day with twins, but also how I was doing this business on the side. I just, I felt like I wanted to share that. And that's what Twins Mommy started actually, originally with helping work at home moms. And what was your career pre-kids before you took a break to be, you know, a a mom of twins? (laughs) Yeah, before I had my twins, I actually worked in the school system. I worked, I was a special education teacher. So I did a lot of curriculums for special needs children. And even before that, I was, I helped children with autism. So I was going around homes and doing therapy with children with autism. Then it trans, you know, transferred into the school system. And then uh, I got married and then we had I got pregnant. So <laughs> and it sort of evolved from there. So for the moms who are out there right now, who may be in that kind of similar situation of looking for something else to do, maybe on the side, a side hustle. I know you write a lot about this. What do you think the landscape is right now? So say like 2020 to 2021, you know, when you started your blog, it was what, like 2013 or so, 2014. Yeah. And that's when like blogs were really, it was like the boom of the blogs. And then, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, you maximize Pinterest. Now, there are so many blogs out there. I mean, there's so many now podcasts out there. Everyone's starting podcasts. Everyone's starting a YouTube channel. Everyone's doing the next shiny object. And I'm curious, what are your thoughts on moms out there who want to do something on the side? How is it being a blogger and making money doing it? You know what? I honestly think, Stephanie, that this is a really good time. You know, with this pandemic that's that's happening right now and I don't even know what the landscape's going to look like in 2021 with like the world. Like I have no idea if there's going to be even a stricter lockdown, if we have to be even more socially distanced or I have no idea, but I know at this time, like people are staying home. People are actually searching more online of things, of arts and crafts activities, of homeschooling options, of all of these ideas. And where are they going to? They're going to blogs. They're going to other blogs that moms have started to teach them how to do homeschooling, to share their curriculum ideas, and they might have products. There could be moms that are in lockdown that need to stay home, and so they need to find schedules for time management and things like that. That's where I feel like blogging can really help in this time, and it can also help with increasing income or making an income that's what I lucked into when I started freelance writing. I was offering a service. So a lot of moms can offer a service. I mean, if you're really good with Pinterest or even graphic design, I mean, there's uh, like tons and tons of bloggers that would love like that type of help or even VA work. There's a lot of opportunities. So I think this would be a like now up until probably next year. I mean, people are going to be more and more online and it's just a fact. That's where everyone's congregating right now. Right. So what do you think is one of your biggest challenges right now 
you know, doing your blog, making online courses, doing all this stuff. And since you said you write a lot about working from home and being able to juggle having twins and do this, what do you see as one of the biggest struggles moms are facing right now? And how have you able to like overcome that? I don't know if I've ever overcome it yet, <laughs> but I think for me, I know the biggest struggle is, is managing my time. It really is because I know when I first started this whole online world of blogging and, and people commenting on my, my blog and I was ecstatic that actually someone read it and it wasn't my family member. Like it's a whole different world out there and you can get sucked into it very quickly. Like a lot of people are addicted to social media and all that, and it can sort of be like that. So in the beginning, I had to really rein it in and, and, and set actual hours for working and hours for my mom time. I, in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be, you know, the blogger from nine to 12, but then I'm going to be a mom from 12 to eight. And then I'm going to go back. I had to really make that distinction. And so I think if you are interested in blogging or maybe selling printables or doing something online to have those treated as a, as a work day, like if you're going to do part-time, then have those part-time hours and, and be consistent with it. Because if not, you're going to struggle. And at times, like I said, I do struggle. I know the other day I'm in the middle of creating some products for like Facebook ads. And like, I spent almost like all day in here writing and creating it. And I had to like stop and like, Oh, it's supper time. Like this is, <laughs> so I can get sucked into it quickly, but I'm fortunate that I have a husband that can sort of help me manage that. And, and my, of course my twins always bug me constantly, like, you know, to help them. So it's not just me having to time manage myself. You know, I have a family and so I'm finding, I'm finding schedules and then also having my twins on a schedule too helps. They, they like when they know what's happening during the day. And I think if I can put, this is my work time, this is when we have lunch, this is when we can go outside and all that. They're easier to manage. They're more cohesive. They're more harmonious because, you know, I have a boy and a girl and they constantly fight. So if I can find something, some medium that they can follow like a schedule, then they, then everything works smoothly for me. So you started this when your twins were 15 months old. Where did you get all of the inspiration to create all of this content and keep going? A lot of bloggers, I mean, just like podcasters, they start something and then they stop. So, I mean, I'm guilty of it. Back in 2012 or 2011, I had a blog called Cupcakes to CrossFit. And actually before that, I had a blog called the Preppy Chic blog. And, you know, that's when blogging was like it. Like um, Pink Peonies was like my favorite blogger. And I felt like I was like modeling Rachel Parcell or, you know, out there. And so I started a blog, but consistency is so hard. And I know even when you have a child, it makes consistency even harder because even if you allocate that time, it's like writing, creating content, whatever that is, takes a special type of brain power. It takes this like creativity. You can't just say, okay, from nine to 12 is my work hour. Because if you can't produce the material, the content. So a lot of moms out there, you know, who may have this idea to start something, they struggle with content. Any tips on how you, you made that happen? You got the juices flowing or you, you came up with your niche. It's, you know, shiny object syndromes out there. It's so everyone's like, Oh, I want to write about this, or I want to do this. I want to do that. How have you able to focus in and hone in uh, and also produce the content? Okay. Well, as you were saying with the shiny object syndrome, I mean, I, I still get that 
Okay. I can spend like three hours down a rabbit hole, <laughs> but I know that this is my blog and my business. You have a right to do whatever you want on your blog. If you can only blog sporadically for that year, then blog sporadically for that year until you're ready to sit and blog and make money or whatever you want to do. Like I, I took a Facebook ads course in July. Okay. I was gung ho. I'm like, I'm out there. My kids are in the pool and I'm all like on my phone listening to like Beth Ann from Brilliant Business Moms, like talking about Facebook and I'm like trying to absorb all this stuff. And I'm like, my husband, like, we're going to do it. We're going to like get the ads going. We get it all going. And it's like nothing, nothing's happening because like we didn't devote like hardcore time at in, in the end result. Like I was all going home in the beginning part of it. And so for me, it's like that motivation, like, oh, you know, it didn't work and we didn't spend enough time, like getting the target audience and all this stuff. And so now I'm telling myself, okay, like I let that go. Like you have to give yourself grace. And I'm like, you know what? It's going to be 2021. I'm going to revisit it again. I'm going to create little products and we're going to do this again. And we're going to actually work on it. And so it's giving yourself grace and allowing yourself to fail and be okay with it. And, and you move on. It's, it's your business. It's your blog. When, you know, when I was doing writing for clients, I got, sometimes I got anxiety over that because like there was an actual deadline, you know, with blogging, there really isn't much of a deadline. You can set your own deadline to write a post or do whatever you want to do, send an email, but with clients, like they want that content, like at the end of the month, it has to be there. And so I would slightly get anxious over the fact like, oh, this has to be done. I can't work on anything else. And so that's when the, you know, me not managing my time well, because I'm like stressing about writing and all that stuff. And I had to like sit in my brain and think like, dude, you know, like you love writing, you're making this more than what it is. You have to just chill and like, realize, like I had to give myself a pep talk and like, this is your business. If this client is causing you too much anxiety, drop them. You can get another client. Like I had to really motivate myself that way by saying, you know, I get to carve my own path. I don't need to follow other people. And it's hard. You know, there's other bloggers that are much more successful than me and I can hear about them and I know of them, but I have to really put those blinders on because if I start comparing myself and a lot of new bloggers do, they compare themselves. Like, why am I not growing? Why am I not doing, why is she doing this? And why can they do this? And why am I not doing it? oh, you just get too negative and it, you cannot create that way. And so I do unfortunately get in bouts of like that. I think everyone does. Like you start doubting yourself and like, I, and I always say like, sit in that place. It's okay to doubt yourself, but you have to move on. And like, for me, I mean, that's what I do. I might, I might be upset with one thing that failed and a perfect example this summer too, I was supposed to re-record a course lesson of mine and I did it but the audio was terrible. And my husband like had a hard time editing and just, he's like, record it again. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. Like I spent all this time and now, and so, yeah, I got in a big huff over the summer over that, but that's okay because I have on my list for October to record that lesson. Like, you know, so I, I, I don't know. Like, and that is as... better than perfect. I think a lot <laughs> yeah. of times it's like, put that out there because you can just be talking about things that are, you know, going on in your life, but it might help someone else. So I always say like by hiding it or by not showcasing it to the world, you're actually at a disservice. Exactly. Yeah. It, you're so right about that. And I have to really live by that, especially as a mom to twins. 
I mean, I do get such mom guilt over, you know, like, am I, are they like, they're seven years old and, and my son likes Fortnite, like, and for the longest time, like, no, no, he's too young. He's too young, but he loves it. And he gets to chat with actual friends from school. And so I'm like, well, that's great. He needs to learn socialization because he has issues with talking and he has a speech issue. So that will help him. So it's like things like that, where I do feel like hyper guilty over some things. Like, am I okay? Like being in this room while my, you know, like it's things like that, that I have to also grapple with as a mom with a business that, yeah, it's just, it's okay. It's okay to give them hot dogs for dinner. Like it's okay. It is. (laughs) And actually just thinking about that, when you were saying like guilt, who's really, you know, putting that on you. It's really just yourself. Like, you know, your kid best. And so that's why I hate when other people like make comments about what you're doing, because they don't know your situation. They don't know what you're going through. They don't know what maybe your son needs. They don't know what your family needs and you're doing the best that you can and making those decisions for them. And that's not guilty. You're keeping them alive and that's a win. (laughs) I know it's true. It's so true, but yeah, it's, it's hard. You mean judge a lot of judgment though, from other moms too, or even like on social media. And that's where you have to manage all of that. You really do. To and speaking of judgment, I know being, say, a blogger, a mom blogger, you are now put in the spotlight of being more of an influencer. And I know that can be a lot of pressure on some people. You're putting your private stuff out there or you're showcasing something that you think you're an expert in and and you're putting yourself out there for, I guess, criticism. How have mm-hmm. you able to combat that? Or have you even gotten that? I mean, like the old mental blocks of, oh, should I post this? Is someone going to judge me? Even courses, you know, what if, if it fails, how have you taken those failures? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, if you want to really talk about this. <laughs> so a few years ago, I started a contributor blog. Okay. It's called Imperfectly Perfect Mama. And so it's a community for moms to post their stories, right? But in this whole mom blog sphere, there's, there was another mom blogger that did the exact same thing. And other bloggers accused me of copying her, like full out Facebook messaging me, hate, hate. Like I was like full on copy. My entire business was copied. And I'm like, I was like, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that there's other people that are just doing that. I just, for me, it, I, I was like, fine, you know, I'm not going to do IPM. I'm not going to do perfect program mama. Like, I don't want people to think that I'm like some kind of like fake person or that I'm just like copying other people. Cause I'm not, but this is what happens when you start, like you said, when you start getting it in being an influencer, or more people know of you, you're going to get people that don't like you. And it's, you know, I, I, for the longest time, I didn't do video for two years. When I started twins, I didn't do video because when the last time I did video, I got someone saying that they hated my presentation. And it's like, okay, that was one person out of, I don't know, what was it 200 people that attended, but you stick to that one person, that one criticism. Right. And so that's, again, those are all mental things that you just have to sort of come to terms with that it's going to happen. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of YouTubers that get lots of like the little dislike button, you know, that it just, it doesn't, you, you can't let it phase you. And I'm at this point now that yes, it doesn't phase me anymore, but in the beginning it can be, it can be hard. You just have to sort of mortar through with it and believe in yourself and believe in what you will be producing. Did you 
ever resurrect that site, the imperfect mama or yeah. to have it now? <laughs> I, I did. I did. I, I have, and it's all there, but I mean, in the beginning, yeah, it was a challenge because another thing too, I wanted to start. So I wanted to start a course on starting a blog just because I have, I have like seven blogs out here and I, I, I know about starting a blog, but I don't want people to compare me to other mom bloggers that have startup blog courses. Again, I don't want to open and invite people saying, well, and then start comparing me. Well, this other blog course has this. Does yours have it? And I I can't compete with that. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'll do other things where I shine the most. And, And I shine the most with my freelance writing audience and helping them. And with my mom to mompreneur Facebook group that I have, like 14,000 moms that we can all work at it together kind of thing. It's interesting. It's kind of this double-edged sword because as like coming from like business strategy background in my head, I'm like, why would you not do it? Because you are very different than other people who are starting that. I mean, if... Amy Porterfield decided that she wasn't going to do her digital course academy anymore because there's other people that are starting online courses or whatnot. That would be a disservice. So you have a lot of experience from the business strategy side. I'm like, who cares? Just do it. Like you could help so many people. There might be people in your situation that resonate with you that learn from you better in the way that in manner that you teach. But on the other side, I completely get it. And I also know that if you decide you're going to do that course and another course and you're spreading yourself thin as a mom, we also have to pick and choose which direction. And I always tell people, pick the one, you know, that one you think you can succeed at too, that will, that you enjoy doing. And because your time is limited, you can't do everything. So pick the one. So it's interesting that you, you say that. Yeah. I mean, it totally makes sense because now I just wrote an email to my list about my plans for 2021. And because I mentioned that we're in the process of moving as well. And so like this whole move has opened up tons of mold in this house and we didn't know about this. And so it was just like, boom, you have to spend $25,000 to fix the house. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? But I mean, it's fortunate we do have the money and we can do it, but we weren't planning on doing that like before we moved, right? So now my whole plan is changing. My my business is changing because you're right. Who cares about everyone else? I have to do what I have to do to make a living from this. I've been doing this for six years. I want to keep doing this and I need to support my husband and my, my twins and in the new house that we have and the renovation costs that we have and all of this stuff, right? So yeah, 2021 is going to be a conversion optimization. Like I'm going to focus on converting my audience and optimizing it because that's, that's all I have to care about right now. I can't focus on growing my brand and which I love. I love doing YouTube videos. I love connecting, like doing podcasts and, and getting to know other people and all that. But I really have to put my binders on for 2021 to really like get the Facebook ads working and maybe create a couple courses and start promoting it and, you know, find those conversion optimization tactics with my email marketing and things like that, where I have to really get a hustle on that. So speaking of conversion and optimizing, what do you think are, I guess the new or not new, but like the most, I guess the hottest revenue areas right now for bloggers. So back in the day, you know, it was first ads or affiliate marketing or whatever that is. Where can people make money these days starting a blog? Oh, there's so many different avenues. And as far as like the hottest, I really, 
I don't know if there's like a hottest, but I know that there are other bloggers promoting their strategy, making it seem like it's the hottest. You know, like there's a blogger, Mike of Super Stupid Simple SEO, and he talks to other bloggers and he's in with the mom bloggers and he has great courses on SEO. So SEO now is becoming this big thing now. SEO this and SEO that and starting like a niche site. So I don't know if you know about niche sites, but back in the day with my husband, my husband, before I did any blogging, that was his world. He would make like zebraprintrug.com, like full on, like all about zebra print rugs. And that was like his e-commerce site. And he would bank on that back in the day, but that's resurrecting and becoming, you know, it's like when like old, the eighties, like high rise jeans became popular, right? Like, or like the, Amer- the fact that they're bringing back the American girl dolls and it's retro. Yeah. And I'm like, that was my childhood. Am I that old? But yeah, retro it, things come back in just yeah. in a different form because they were exactly. successful and they were successful for a reason. Exactly. And so that's what I'm, I'm seeing right now, as far as like new bloggers, if you want to start something, I mean, I, I wouldn't bank on the fact that you are going to make money right away. It's going to take you a while and you have to figure out what you want to do. I think right now, a lot of people are also into like making small digital products because they're more manageable. And I like small digital products. I can record a one hour video and sell it for $30 and people will buy it. Like it's small. It didn't take much time. I can do that. People can make just like printables, make a printable meal plan workbook or exercise book or whatever you want, like a little printable sheets and sell that for $15. You can make bank on that. And if you want to like really highlight that, then, then I would, I would venture into Facebook ads. Like I know so many moms, it's such a big daunting thing, but there's so many mom bloggers that make these printables or make these little digital products. Oh, and they make bank on Facebook ads. And I'm just like, I need to find that. I need to find that (laughs) tactic. I need to figure this out because it's possible. Everyone can, even during COVID, like everyone, there's always a, 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 people interested in, in something and they will, if it's valuable enough, they will purchase it. I mean, I've succumbed to Facebook ads. I've, I've bought other things. Oh, what was it recently? I bought, I can't remember. There was, there's this dentist, like oral thing that I really want to get. <laughs> so I've been to the dentist. Like I'm really like pushing on that. Like, Cause I saw that a couple of times and now it's on my Instagram feeds. Like I'm seeing those ads, but yeah, there's because you know, they know you better than you know yourself. I just watched the, the social, social dilemma. dilemma. Oh my goodness. My brain is my husband's in the tech world too. And so I'm, yeah, he's like, this isn't new. I'm like, I know, but it's like, I'm hyper aware of it now because I swear like mm-hmm. my mom, friends and I will talk about something and suddenly an Instagram ad will appear yeah. for it and none of us looked it up. And so it's, it's scary, like, how it? did they know someone's <laughs> Alexa was listening from, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just oh, crazy. But I'm curious because I know you're talking about Facebook ads, but your specialty back in the day was Pinterest and that's actually free traffic to your blog. And besides building traffic, you can then sell products because of Pinterest. So I'm curious, what are your views on Pinterest today in, you know, going into 2021? Yeah. So Pinterest is ever changing. I mean, the algorithm for Pinterest is constantly changing. I mean, they do want content creators. I mean, they're the only way they can make money is if they have enough content creators creating those pins, right? So they're going to do whatever possible to appease us, but it's it's a love-hate thing right now. As far as Pinterest marketing, I mean, as, as long as you have the, the core principles, and that's what I sort of try to teach because I, it's hard to update constantly every six months, like these new tactics, but Pinterest at its core wants pins. They want fresh content 
and they want optimized boards so that you, so Pinterest knows what your profile is about. So if you can start a homeschooling blog and have a homeschooling Pinterest account and every board is about homeschooling and you can secret other things that you want, Pinterest will quickly know within 30 days that, that this is the homeschooling like profile and I'm going to start boosting any kind of pins naturally about homeschooling. That might take a bit longer, but Interesting. So the fact that I have like my fashion stuff on there, I used to have an event planning company for 10 years. So like I have tons of like wedding things, but then I have business strategies. So to have a mixed board is probably a bad idea. Probably. I mean, and, but I do too. I mean, on twins, mommy, well, twins, mommy profile is I tried to make it mostly blogging. And so I spent one summer like making 20 or 30 boards, but really optimized for blogging stuff. Because I have other things in there about like twin life and mom life and financial tips and budgeting. And, you know, I I do have that stuff, but I'm trying to only show Pinterest. Like I'm only going to pin to my blogging boards. I'm only going to use this profile for blogging. And so my other boards may not get prioritized and that can work too. I mean, but I also belong to like, I don't know, 30 or 40 group boards and they're all, you know, different. And that's another thing. I mean, group boards aren't that big in Pinterest, although they can be, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying no to them. I, I like do. tailwind. So that's yeah, kind of like, yeah, I schedule using all my groups. tailwind pins yeah, to the groups. And it's not like my traffic is suffering. I'm still getting referral traffic, but it's harder for newer pinners. It really is. I'm, I'm, I struggle with one of my profiles for my freelance writing. You know, freelance writing isn't a big visual platform. You know, it's not like recipes. Freelance writing is real business stuff. I mean, that stuff doesn't really do well on Pinterest. It's more the visual stuff like home decor and beauty and fashion, things like that. So where are you focusing your time or your courses for 2021? For 2021. So updating my courses, I really have to do that. I I, I feel it's an obligation for me. I mean, a lot of course people don't, they just put it out and they don't update it. Right. And they tell you, I'm not going to update it. (laughs) Like I've, I've seen people do that. I'm like, really? (laughs) So I I just feel like it's an obligation to update my courses. So I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. I have new products, so little eBooks. So, and I have, I have little ideas that I want to work on. So I'm still going to be continually creating content, creating products for 2021. But like I said, I'm going to try and optimize each income potential stream so that it's converting. So let's do like kind of a fire round of the If someone wants to start a blog in 2021, what are your five biggest tips for them? And first I want to ask you, WordPress, Squarespace, where should you start? Well, I'm a WordPress user. (laughs) So I I was too, and now my website's on Squarespace because the designer that did it put it on Squarespace. Do you like it? I love WordPress. It's easy to use, but I'm actually tech savvy. So I know how to code and I prefer WordPress, but Mm. I... Yeah. Squarespace works. It's fine, but I, I prefer WordPress. WordPress I think. Yeah. I like WordPress. I mean, I, that's what I use. I have courses on WordPress, but I'm always interested in like, I'm thinking maybe I should start like a Wix website or like a score just to see how it is, you know, and I might be like, Whoa, this is like the best thing ever, but who knows? I mean, it's really easy to use. So if you're a novice, I think it's perfect. It's like yeah, super I mean, easy. And that's what I like grapple with. Like if you're just not really that maybe Squarespace is for you, it's just hard because I just know about WordPress and like monetizing on WordPress. And I know Google, I mean, I don't know for sure, for sure, but I hear Google favors a lot of WordPress sites. That's what you see online. When you go to those sites, the top sites are all WordPress. 
I don't know. Okay. So five top tips for starting a blog in 2021. Okay. So the, if if you were to erase everything you've done and you're going to start afresh, where would you go? What would you do? What would I do? Well, I would start a WordPress blog. I always use free themes. So if you want to jazz up. Okay. So the thing is you don't spend too much time on making your blog look too pretty. There's no need to hire a designer or to get a paid theme. You can have it as simple as you want. There's lots of free themes. Astra is a free theme. It's it's a big, nice theme that's light, light, meaning that it doesn't, your blog will run fast, even with a theme like that. So I would start the website and then start content. People struggle with a niche. So my, my other tip on that, my third tip is just do a lifestyle blog in the beginning. It's okay to pick four or five topics to start with. Because the point is to get content on that site to age the site. And then my other tip on that is write the posts to help other people. It's nice to have sort of personal posts. You can have personal stories. I have personal stories of Twins Mommy on Twins Mommy about the kindergarten drop-off was like a horror story for me. And so I blogged about it because like I had to get that out. <laughs> but my entire blog isn't my own stories about my twins. Even my other parenting blog, Smart Mom Ideas, I do share my stories, but I have content to help others. So if you want to start like an eco-friendly blog because you're really into sustainability and being eco-friendly, think of the challenges of other people about eco-friendly and write those pieces of content. I mean, if that's what you want to do. I mean, (laughs) so what, that's four. And then my last tip is consider starting uh, Pinterest and start promoting your blog on Pinterest because that's one of the fastest ways to get people to your site is through Pinterest, not through Twitter or other, even Facebook. Facebook people want to stay on Facebook. They don't really want to go to your site. They sort of want to have the conversation on the Facebook Facebook algorithm kind of downgrades it because they want you to stay on Facebook. They don't want you to go off. So links Mm -hmm. off are always bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think Pinterest is a nice platform. It's fun. It's fun to get in there, to set your own boards, to set your own bio and all that. And you can start getting the, the pin, the save it button, and then just start saving your pins to those boards. And you, another thing, you can also start like a Facebook page just to get people as well. But I mean, it's not necessary. It's not necessary to start an email list either right away. I mean, I waited, what, three months for Twins Mommy before I started a list. Like you don't have to start right away. A lot of people want to start an email list right away because that's what a lot of bloggers tell people. Like get your email list because that's that's where you're going to make money. That's where you're gonna... No, you can wait on that because I mean, that God, the added pressure of writing an email now and learning about email marketing plus blogging and plus SEO plus Pinterest. It's too much. It's really too much. You don't need to focus on any of that. Focus on content and sharing your story and helping others in the beginning. And through that process, you can learn about other aspects of blogging. What about community? I know community is huge right now, especially since we're all stuck in our homes or whatnot. There is a lack of community and we're building online communities. A blog kind of brings people that content, shared things. How do you see community play into it? So in the beginning, what I learned with with Twins Mommy was I would get the traffic from Pinterest, but I would get the engagement on Facebook. So that's where I get, I built my community. And that's where I started like the mom to mompreneur Facebook group because of that community. So if you want that, have that Pinterest profile, have a Facebook page. I wouldn't start like a group or anything like that because that it's hard to grow a group in the beginning. It really is if you don't have an audience to begin with. But a page is fine. Do your videos, do some Facebook lives, and you will get engagement eventually. I mean, it it takes time. I mean, you can leverage 
your social network in the beginning, like your friends and family and all that. But over time, it will start reaching other people. Networking is huge. I mean, I always forget about that, but that's like the number one thing to hold everything together in the whole blogging world is networking. Like you have to network to actually make it like you really do. What are kind of the favorite places to go right now to network for bloggers? I, my Facebook group, uh, lots of networking opportunity there for me. And then I don't know, I get a lot of networking opportunity through my email. People just contact me. So if you have a contact page on your blog, I would definitely have that. I mean, that's how I reached out to you when I was like, oh, I want to put you in a mompreneur roundup. (laughs) Would you be willing to do it? And surprisingly, Mm -hmm. a lot of people said yes, because they want to contribute to something. And then all of a sudden I had, you know, eight bloggers, writer, eight people, and I had a post. (laughs) Exactly. And that's, that's what's so cool about networking. If you struggle with content ideas, why don't you do something like that? Do a roundup, ask other people to write the post for you, ask a question and put it in your blog post. And there you go. You have a blog post for the week. I mean, you don't have to worry much except get a picture and that's it. Right. Like, so there's lots of easy ways, I think, as far as like writing content, but as far as networking, yeah, the Facebook groups, Facebook is where you network the most. I mean, now I'm on Instagram. So Instagram has a good potential. I haven't done a live yet. I'm like, that's another goal of mine. Like I want to do Instagram live, but I haven't done that yet. So then you're going to have to get into reels too. And I know. it, it just, it's like a rabbit that. hole of all sorts of things. <laughs> it's a lot of shiny objects. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> well, to kind of wrap this up, I wanted to know, what do you think is your mom's superpower that you gained when you became a mom that helps you in either business or life or whatnot, especially going from no kids to two kids? What is your superpower that you gained? Oh, I think my superpower is patience. It really is patience. I've learned in the beginning with twins, like I had to learn to be patient with my, my babies and I had a lot of help. Oh, and also giving up. That's another thing. I I had a hard time giving up my responsibilities so that others can help me. So it's allowing yourself. So I learned over the years that I'm really good at like having other people, like having help. Like I'm okay with that, but in patience, patience, like I have to have patience with my twins. (laughs) I I was going to say you would need a lot of patience for that. (laughs) And then final question is what is one tip that you can give to moms right now to help survive during COVID? Yes. Or just do it right now. Yeah. Especially in this season, what is your number one survival tip for mom entrepreneurs, working moms right now? you need time for yourself. So whatever that is, if it's drinking wine, if it's having a bubble bath, if it's doing yoga, you really need your own, like, even if it's five minutes, like, honestly, you have what is to. yours for me, it's music. It's music and reading. Those are my two things that I, if I can listen to a nice, if I can listen to a song while I'm cleaning, Oh, that's like the best for me. Like I can, or even like a podcast, like, like books, books on tape. Those things for me, it's, I'm in my own world. I can do my own thing. And my twins are, (laughs) I don't know where they are. (laughs) Hopefully they're okay. And I can do whatever I need to do. If it's writing or if it's cleaning or if it's organizing. Oh, perfect. Where can we find you? I blog over at twinsmommy.com. And if you want, you can join my Facebook group, Mom to Mompreneur. If you're interested in blogging and learning about that. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing all these insights. And I can't wait to see what happens in 2021 for you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommies on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. 
And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time. Thank you.